to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, have you missed us? Tough shit. Um, we're back now. Um, we've had a little... Had little Holly Bobs watching the watching the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. And we've come back as the season's ended to collect our final thoughts on the 2022 season before we start to set our sights on 2023. We've got some fun little things coming up in the next couple of weeks um, before we switch switch gears, switch focus to 2023. Um, we're going to wrap up the 2022 season starting tonight with our official season review. Uh, we're going to go back over each one of our free agent signings, give them a little grading, see if we could have done better. Um, we're obviously going to go back to our draft picks now that we've had a full season watching our rookies. Um, well, I guess they're technically not really rookies anymore now anyway, um, but our rookies from 2022, um, go back, draft them picks, draft them picks, grade them picks. Um, you can tell it's been a few weeks. And then um, after that, we'll go back to our words of wisdom that we had prior to the season starting. Uh, undoubtedly, there'll be a few flying accusations in the room, a few pointed fingers saying, I didn't say that, I didn't do blah, blah, blah. I've already set them straight before we've gone live everyone so if you hear it right it's it's there it don't don't blame me can't control the troops it's not my fault i've, I've let them know um gonna go back through our hot takes back through our regular season predictions go over them see how incredibly wrong we were um and yeah that should be that should be quite eye-opening should be quite a laugh maybe not as not as smart as we all thought we were um but as you know i can't do this alone um pez how are you mate I'm good, mate. I'm good. Long time no speak. We're back. We are back. It's been a while. It's been a, a couple, a month, a month and nearly two months. Yeah, yeah. Give it a tip. Super Bowl was fun, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't until the uh, the refs, in my opinion, got involved right at the end when they shouldn't have. But other than that, yeah. For a neutral, it just it was sour at the end. Mm. For a Chiefs fan they're not going to be complaining. Eagles fan, you're going to be complaining because it's your team. But for all us neutrals, it was was ruined. It was a right call, but it was ruined because it was teeing up to be... The Chiefs would have beat them. Anyway, they had had just... They had far too... They had far too much 
like by that point, it's almost like the Eagles just relied on Jalen Hurts for everything. But I think it's got to be one of the more fun, yeah, open Super Bowls in a very long time. It it lived up for me. It lived up to its expectation. Yeah, it was class, and and, and that for me is the best national anthem pregame. Chris, oh yeah, was class oh, wasn't yeah. it? What, it was class. I, I don't like country music. I know you like your country music, uh, Pez, but he. To be fair, I'll give it to him. That was class. That. Um, Josh, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm good, lads. Good to see you. It's uh, good to be back on the airwaves. Um, I'm just looking forward to to reviewing the 2023 season and hearing how shite our hot takes were. A spoiler alert: they were pretty shite. Yeah, yeah, I thought they might have been. Yeah, I was yeah, I, as I the season was progressing. Uh, well, as the season was progressing, I was trying to remember back and I was going, oh, God, I was so wrong on so many of these. And I don't know about you lads as well, but I was thinking, oh, this is going to be an awful hot take review at some point at the end of the season. But let's see. Hey. We'll see. Do you know, I'll tell you now, the only reason we're doing a hot take review, something we've not done before, is because James has got one right, as he <laughs> likes to brag in the group. Yeah. Well, to like a pair of tits and he just wants to gloat uh, oh, in all fairness in all fairness can i can i just put my hand up here and say you currently look like a chavi obi-wan kenobi so you are the biggest tit on this screen right now hey <laughs> listen <laughs> it's obi-wan kenobi hey 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 energy prices are through the energy <laughs> prices through the roof here i've got i've got no heating on they don't have electricity in the fucking north Legs pole blue. Like under someone on that bloody expedition in the fucking whatever it was. What's wrong with this? Nice, yeah. nice woolly. Like Shackleton, nice, that's nice it. North face, top. It's North face, mate. It's good stuff. What's up with you? What t-shirt are you wearing? Shy. Uh, I'm 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 currently wearing a t-shirt of my own design <laughs> and the brand that I currently own and I'm selling. Better the W you now. Find it on merrymen.etsy.com. Um, and a lovely plaid shirt, which is my uniform. Thank you. Why have you just got in from the farm or no? No. Have you just got in from playing? Have you just got in from like a, uh, an Arctic hike? Have you? Are you the next Shackleton? Are you about to find yes. the North Pole? I don't know if you can tell listeners, but quite obviously we've been away <laughs> for a few weeks and there's some, there's some the anger that's needed to have been, no, the been built up. You two came at me. What's this about? You two came at me. I'm just here trying to keep warm, you know. Keep myself from getting hyperthermia. Hey, he called you a council estate Obi Wan Kenobi. I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just laughed along with you. Um, hey, just because you two are loaded and you got the heating on full blast all day. <laughs> Before a civil war ensues, <laughs> on, on the we don't see on Skype call. Um, let's just right. get straight into it. Uh, there, look, he's made himself conscious now. He's took his own. <laughs> um, let's get straight I'm into it. Taking it all off. Taking it all off. Um, <laughs> We'll go and start with our first free agent signing. Oh, well, I, I can't actually remember if it was our first, but I'm on the Spot Track website and it was basically our most expensive. So I guess I'll work out my way down in terms of the expensive list and the amount of money we spent on each player. So we'll start with the most expensive. Um, that was Uchenna Nwosu, two year deal, 19, uh, $19 million. Um, yeah, it was worth it though, wasn't it? Um, nine and a half sacks led the. Seahawks in sacks tied with Daryl Taylor. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to, I don't want to blow my old trumpet, but I was kind of, I was kind of on the, 
on the hype train when when Nuosu came, and I kind of called it like I called Woolen that I think he's a really good player and he's really under underutilized. Uh, well, not underutilized, but underrated at the Chargers, and he's come in and he's been one of our best pass rushers uh, we've had in recent years, and for my money, one of our best free agent signings in recent years as well. Pez is dying to tell me if I'm. He's dying. He's dying to tell me I'm wrong in, on some form. Go on. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right, and I agree with everything you said. It's Good. just I just wondered how many listeners listening to your little spiel then was like, he definitely does media or something at uni, doesn't he? Trying to fucking blow your own trumpet. Yes. You big whore. Yes. I'll give you the woolen one, right? I'll give you the woolen one because As you literally in you call that draft pre-draft pods, yeah. you called it as you sleeper. Everyone's just got to praise you. Like Fat Boy Slim himself. Oh, I was um, literally about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but right, I'm going to give him a grade straight off the bat. A plus. It can't be for me. It can't be anything but an A plus for this. It's a lot of money. I know. I know it was quite a lot of money. Um, mm. but it was well spent. We didn't really. Ah, uh, you can. Mm, I'll, I'll come to you in Sorry, a minute. We'll, my, we'll, we'll we'll grade it in a sec. Yeah, this is my grade. Yeah. We'll I wasn't finish. I wasn't very good with my grades in school, so maybe I'm getting this wrong. A plus, but for me. Like I say, we didn't really splash out on many other people. It's only because um, you didn't get one in school. I did get a GCSE in school, Pez, and it was in PE. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, I'm giving it an A+. Plus. I like the don't think you're giving them out for free. You brought your kit, yeah, you've got an A. Well, you brought your kit every single time. <laughs> It doesn't matter how you it's get an it. Plus. It doesn't matter how you get even it. Even if you didn't, you were willing to get out of the lost property. Well, there you <laughs> oh, the lost the amount of times you're in a, a women's vest and shorts. I play basketball in a netball skirt. I'm not. Isn't that just your weekend, Josh? <laughs> Shh. Joe's thing comes out on a Saturday. There you go. Tomorrow night, then I'll come out. Um, uh, right. The rugby. A plus. I don't care what you said. He's he's not just brought sacks. He's brought leadership. He's a hell of a character. He seems a really, really nice, genuine lad as well. Um, and uh, he's just so easy to root for. And he's and without him this season on our defence, my goodness me, we would have been absolutely appalling. Um, he was such an important figure on that defence. So I, I, I can't, I can't give it anything but an A plus. I'll divert it to Pez. Go ahead. I think A plus is a bit too a bit too high because if you compare him to the other sack leaders from the season he wasn't anywhere near he started really strong fizzled out i do and for me it's almost like an a plus for me would have been in a way if i get this right across right like a bit like a because if it's free agency and what you pay for him like a poor man's JJ Watt, no, not JJ Watt because he's fallen off a little bit. Like Nick Bolsa, he was a sack leader, wasn't he? Let's say, but he didn't. He's like Nick Bolsa can do it on his own, whereas Nawalsu was doing it on his own. But then it became a point where it came evident he needs help to consistently, you know, uh, get them sacks and things like that because he, he went through that really dry spell and then pick back up towards the end of the season. So that's why it's just not an A-plus for me. I, I, you are right in everything else you say. 
for me. So I would say B plus, B plus. Yeah, I'd probably stay at the B plus range, but obviously we'll get on to this year's draft. But that's why I'm looking at D linemen, interior and edge. Like for just for example, Miles Murphy, mm. people don't like him because he's like a clown, he's a disruptor. But look what happened when Clowney was with us. So what do you think the um, is going to be able to do next year if they say draft a Miles Murphy at five? All he needs is a window because all teams are doing was closing him down. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I reckon a early hot take, I reckon next year you might see him at A plus depending how our draft goes this year. Okay, interesting. Josh, what's your thoughts? Same as Pez. I'm going B plus. I'll give it off the bat. I thought he started really strong, but then midway through the season, teams learned how to cope with him, and that's just a double team him. And because our edge rush wasn't strong enough on both sides, it meant that they could double team him, leave someone else in single man. So whether it was Daryl Taylor or Bruce Irvin or, you know, God forbid, Boye Marfe got some snaps on the edge. That wasn't just in run defence. Um they were just it was just man on man there. Um I think that was his his biggest downfall. It wasn't necessarily him, it was the rest of the it was the other team mates he was playing with, um, not being able to draw that attention. But he was he was a great player for us this season. He generally got me off my seat with some of his plays. I thought he he was constantly looking to disrupt the QB. Um like I said, that I think it was just that tail off. I mean, if for me, when I look at free agents and I'm gonna if I mark someone as an A plus, I'm gonna look at the whole league and what the the league's done and who was the best free agent there and then compare them. I think I don't think Nuosu is quite at like top, like elite free agent level yet, but he was good for us. And I'm like, like Pez says, I think next year, if we get some more edge help, if we get some better D linemen in that just want to chew up offensive linemen, then I think he'll do a lot better. But this year, not taking it away from him, it was, it was great for periods of it but it just wasn't consistent about the whole year so b plus yeah that's fair enough i'll i i won't i won't disagree with you on that um maybe a but plus you did you, you gave him an a maybe, plus well, yeah. maybe, no, maybe a plus was a little bit but i, I don't shot, shot his load on the first yeah the, uh, the over exuberance of youth mate don't worry i don't care it's been a while so he's just over excited it won't all be a pluses but he he was he was he was the standout one in the class, so I'm giving him an A plus. Yeah. Anyway, um, on the next one, this I, I guarantee you this one won't be an A plus. Uh, it'll still be a decent grade, but it won't be an A plus. Uh, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin is the next one I've got on this list on this article as I'm following them down. Uh, a one year, one point two seven two million dollar deal. Um, I will start off by giving this one a grade at maybe a B minus, something like that. I mean. A, I think he had 387 yards, four touchdowns, obviously didn't stay healthy, um, as has been the case throughout his career. But I thought when he was on the field, and we've said it multiple times during the season, um, and, that, and I can think back to that Chargers game and stuff like that, he he was he was good for us when he was on the field and when his number was called. What I'll say about Goodwin is every time they called his number, he didn't let them down for me. So that's commendable. Every time, didn't he? Yeah, he was reliable. Every time they went his way, he caught it and came down with it and made the play. Um, 
so I, I I I liked what he brought. I thought you know it was a it was a pretty much a no risk, you know, there was no risk attached to the deal. It was a one one year one million deal. Um, I, I mean you can't really snuff at that too much. And there was a little bit of production there. Scored some important touchdowns. So I'll give it a B minus. He's obviously not going to be here next year. You would imagine not no long term plan there. But um, yeah, for a little stopgap wide receiver three again, which I called. Um, yeah. I'll give him a B minus. I'll just drop him in there. When I'll just... do, do, do you know? Do, do you know what he's done, Josh? Whilst we've not been recording, he's gone back and listened to all the podcasts. And I have, yeah. I, he has. He has. I don't I... get my voice on this enough, so I'm going to be an arrogant, obnoxious twat for this first one. It, to be honest, mate, <laughs> he's gone back. He's generally listened to the the hot sex pod as well, whereas me and you probably haven't. So he's like, I am Slackers. fully clued in. I am plugged into the matrix now. I know exactly what was yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got all the receipts. I, 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 wouldn't, I was oh. going to say, I wonder how many of ours he's. Uh, Throw me my face, and I'll just be like, fuck off. Don't care. <laughs> the hot takes, the hot takes for a reason. Yeah. Well, yours were cold takes. Do you want to give him? Do you want to give a grade to Marquis Goodwin, please? <laughs> I agree with you. Um, Good. It, it really depends on the context because you can f- you could flip flop between anywhere in that B range, really, because, you, you, like you said, you look at the money, you look at his age, you look at, like, where he's at in his career, and you would say he... The production he gave us for the money he got was re- really was really good. Proper Did he value. come back for the playoffs? Or was he, was he dusted? I think he was dusted from what I remember. Yeah. I don't remember seeing him in that so, 49ers game. That's where I'd agree you probably then... Sl- it's so odd because then you'd slate him to like the lower B range of the ranking. But then is it his fault he got injured and the coaches just relied on him to be wide receiver three without figuring out a backup wide receiver four and just Dorit Young, fucking Penny Hart, just... just Toss a coin, let's fucking roll. Mm. Um, but yeah, anywhere in that B range, really, because for the for the the age where he is in his career and the money we paid for him, in my opinion, we we got a lot out of him. Yeah. Because, like you said, in in he came clutch in some games when mm-hmm. needed, and for one point something million, you can't you can't expect any more. That, that, that's a stopgap player, and he actually gave us some really big moments. So yeah. yeah. Fair enough, Josh. B minus straight away. I mean, you look what he played. He actually played 13 games. So not bad. He had what? He had a 64% reception rate. So he's 27 receptions or 42 targets. But I mean, you're right with the yardage and the the TDs. I mean, 14.3 like average yards per catch as well. I I thought when he was on the field, he was a fantastic cheap emphasis on cheap weapon and alternate at wide receiver three. I really like watching him play because he's still got wheels. You know, he can still burn people. He made some clutch catches, scored some good touchdowns. Again, I couldn't give him higher than a B minus because, like I said, the the injuries were there. I don't think he was used consistently enough. Um, I think we just, we weren't sure how to scheme him into a game Mm. from time to time, which, whether that's a detriment to ourselves or the coaching or what, um, but yeah, B minus. I, I enjoyed watching him play, and I thought it was he's he's a great story to have. 
have as well and to tell on the on like for the team. Um but yeah, B B minus. Yeah, um like I say, I can't really complain and, and for me as well, and I, I don't mean to sort of shit on the guy, um, but it just shows how little production we've been ever been able to get out of D Eskridge when you can bring someone like a Marquis Goodwin in and get the, that kind of production out of him. And it, it's just I don't know how I brought D Eskridge into that, but it just made me think like how how little production we've been able to get out of him over the years. Um, but anyway, that's... You are right. You are right, though, uh, to cut you up, sorry to cut you off, but you are right uh, in saying, like, you're not shitting on the guy, you're just talking truth. Because mm. I'm sure when we picked the Estridge, I wanted Tutu Atwell. Yeah, you did, yeah. I wanted Tutu Atwell, and they went, I think they went back to back. And I, I said at the time, I said, we got the wrong guy. Tutu Atwell, look... He got obviously got injured his first year, so you're like, oh, well, maybe we dipped out on that. But then uh, Eskridge year. got. But then this year, he started showing why you wanted to pick him up. That that burner, like the burner speed, mm-hmm. is him with Tyler and DK as a wide receiver three would have would would have really helped Gino out in some of them sticky spots in the midway through the season. I, I really think. Um, so you are right. You shouldn't. You shouldn't apologise for anything. You're just telling the truth. You're not even shitting on him. You're telling the truth. Thanks, Pez. Um, let's get to our next one because I know I, I, this. This. This might be one that divides opinion. I think this one might. You might see some some disparity in the grades here. Um, Austin Blythe, one year, mm. four million dollar deal. Um, I am going to start with a, a C. Um, I wasn't convinced. And I'm still not convinced that Austin Blythe is the long-term answer in Seattle for another couple of seasons. I, I think if we, we, we've we got two rookie tackles, two outstanding rookie tackles on rookie contracts, now is the time to beef up that O-line and Austin Blythe is certainly replaceable and improve. you can improve upon him. Uh, whether you want to do that in free agency or the draft, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he finished 19th out of 29 qualifying centres on uh, PFS plus blocking grade this season. Um, so well below average there. Um, he's undersized. What I did like is he's, he's confident. He's a good signal caller in terms of ID and the mic, helping out Gino, talk to Gino. Um, I thought he brought... The, the four million we paid was more spent on his leadership qualities, I think, than his actual ability as a centre. Um, but... Yeah, uh, again, um, at this, I, was, I still, I still feel pain with this because I, we shouldn't be sitting here because Creed Humphrey should be our centre. We keep saying that. And I've said that for a long time since it happened. Um, but digress. We've got Austin Bly last season, and yeah, again, showing why that you have to invest in quote-unquote non-premium positions. Um, and when you don't do that, you're left with poor plug-in starters like Austin Blythe, in my opinion. So I'm going to give it a C. I'll be very, very disappointed. However, like we all said last season, that you know we all sat around and said, Carl Fuller surely can't be on the Seahawks next season as a centre, and Carl Fuller still remained here as the backup and saw a little bit of game time when Austin Blythe went out. So he still could be here next season as a backup. I wouldn't be against it. But if he's the starter next season at centre, I, I, I worry that we're never going to learn our lesson at that position. Um, so I'm going to give him a C. Pez, I know you. I know you quite like Austin Blythe, and I know you've been quite praiseful of him during the season on this podcast. So I'm interested to see what your final grade is on Austin Blythe. 
I could go really. I could go highest, highest at a B minus, or just out of my own biasy. Really, he felt he. The reason why I say my highest will be there, but I probably would fall into the C range overall, was because I felt like he started really strong, hmm. like the whole old line did, and then it fell apart. Now we we've got to take a step back and go. The middle of the, middle of the season muddied the water for the whole team, not not. Just the O-line, not just this. We said it multiple times. The O-line falls apart, Gino struggles. And I just don't know, because you said it, but I kind of look, try and look at things a bit out of the box, and it might literally not be anything to do with that. It might just be as straightforward as it is. But us three not being professional players, how do, like, how do we know that having two rookie tackles wasn't a reason to why things really started struggling? Because if you, if you if you look at it, Charles Cross started play-wise, it looked like he started to really struggle towards the back end of the season. But like everyone says, rookie year, it gets tough, especially for all linemen. It's very physical and they start tiring out. They're not used to it. I expect that not to happen again. I expect him to have a full, you know. Mm-hmm. But then how do we know? How do we know? Like you said, he's an average centre. He isn't a Jason Kelsey. He isn't a Creed Humphrey. Like, two guys who pretty much managed to keep their quarterbacks absolutely clean in the biggest game in in the sport. That, like that, that, if that's the top standard, then yeah, he's nowhere near that. He isn't. But I also believe I'm not a big old line person, like I always state. I'm not going to try and fucking waffle on about in-depth shit. Josh is your man for that. But I just always believe when I look at the old line, sometimes when you've got serviceable guys with two who've shown really good tackles, take Gabe Jackson out of this because he's awful. Like he's terrible, but I give Damien Lewis a buy. I give Austin Blythe a buy only if there was a you another know, decent was guard a, on the other side of him. Yeah, so so he is that guy, isn't he? He's an average guy. Josh helped me out there. What I was thinking of trying to get at is you upgrade Gabe Jackson's spot, and you give him two good guards then an average guy will look a lot better. It's a bit like what we said about Nwosu. Nwosu clearly showed he needs help. Austin Blythe needs help. When they started the season, they were they were all strong all across the line. They were, they showed that. But then as things started breaking down, as Gabe Jackson's game started breaking down, then the whole interior broke down. Mm. I just believe that maybe... It's not a bad thing if you keep him there for consistency. He has a really good chemistry. Like the things I loved about him was he's a solid leader. He's stout. He reads the game really well. You see him in the mic'd up things and he's on the sideline. He's calling plays on the sideline, shouting to the defence. And a knowledgeable man like that who's just getting chemistry with your line, with two rookies and growing together, could solidify 
if you know what I mean. You know, mm. you see where I'm getting mm -hmm. at. Yeah. But then I, I would like to also see if they're going to keep him, get a rookie centre in. I wouldn't like to see. I would honestly. I don't give a shit what anyone says about the best centre in this draft. If you put what is it, Smiths or whatever? Schmitz, yeah. Yeah. So you get him, plunk him in centre with two sophomore tackles. Damian Lewis, who has got a big question mark on his head for his play. And then what, by the looks of it, Phil Haynes? I would I would hate to see that. Like that what? to me, to me, that's dangerous. Whereas you keep Austin Blythe on a fairly cheap contract, who's an average guy who has who's built a chemistry with the guys who keep that chemistry, then you get a rookie and you let him learn off a guy like Austin Black because he's got the skill set. He just needs the leadership. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Way. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I flip-flop. That's why I flip-flop with him because it's like his leadership qualities and his relationship with Gino, mm. like, that weighs heavily on me. Get a yeah, rookie yeah. in. You, know. you could see him being an excellent mentor for a young young centre coming in. I, I completely agree with you on that. Um Josh, your your thoughts, your grade on uh, on Austin Blythe? C plus. I echo a lot of what Pez said. I'm just going to expand on it a little bit as well. So Austin Blythe was obviously brought in because he has worked with Waldron before, so he knows Waldron systems. He's because of his leadership and his communication skills, having two young tackles either side of him means that they will have an established leader in the middle who can communicate effectively across the line. But, again, as Pez said, he was let down massively by the fact that Lou had a better season this season than last season. But then he had the revolving door of Gabe Jackson or the big boy Phil Haynes, who still, in my opinion, isn't a fantastic guard, but he's a decent sort of rotational piece. So there's a big thing in, in football, which is just do your job. And he's not just doing his job, he's having to do his job and a guard's job, which is going to really impact his performance because he can't just focus on his, his sole task. He's going to have constant one eye looking where he's supposed to be and one eye looking over to his right guard spot. Now, again, what, what Pez said, if, if we want to draft a, a centre, you know, a Ricky Stromberg is my, he's one of mine, my sleepers at the moment. I think he'd be fantastic in the late rounds. Have him sit behind Blythe, who's going to be a gay, he's going to be a free agent again, so bringing back another cheap contract. Um, and then we move Delu back to right guard and we sign another we find, sign another guard out in free agency or in the draft to play left guard. Um, I'd be happy with that. Because that's building a solid O-line, because then we're going to have a rookie who will come in at left guard. Delu will be back on his favoured side of right guard, where his first season he excelled. Um the left guard would be covered by Blythe and Charles Cross as well, because Charles Cross thing is his footwork, so he's mobile. More than happy with that. And it would shine a better light on Blythe. Like I said, like Pez says, he's an average player. He's not going to light up the world. We're never going to talk about him in Pro Bowl veins. But I think he did a, a decent job with what he had. Um, and yeah. we just, let's face it, we're never going to spunk high draft picks on an elite centre. It's just not in the team philosophy. I mean, we've not had a good centre since... Max Unger. Max Unger. I was trying to think back then if we had any more. We had like Postage, yeah. Brits. 
Britt. Um, yeah, Justin Britt, Ethan Postage, it's and then like, it's, it's not a great list, is it? Let's face it. So it's just, it's just yeah. Pete, Pete, Pete stuck in his ways, isn't he? With that, with that old line, he's proven it ever since he's come in. He just clearly doesn't value I, I, it. I, I think things are changing. I generally think things are changing because you look at our our draft last year. And you look at how high we took a running back. You look at the fact like some of the players we took where even we were like, okay, odd choice, but good choices. And I think that's that's going to be the ethos going forward because Pete hasn't got long left. He doesn't want to leave the organisation. Before we go down the Pete rabbit hole, he won't want to leave the organisation a shit state. He'll want to leave it with players that the next coach can do something with because the likelihood is it might be someone elevated from inside the organisation. So, Good point. Uh, anyway, spoiler, next. A spoiler, a spoiler for our draft episode. Josh reckons we're going to take Bijan Robinson in the first round. From what I heard, that's just why I understand. Is that the rumor on the said. street, is it? <laughs> is it? Where did you get your rumor from? <laughs> I just made it up in my head. <laughs> because I won't complain. Could you imagine? Could you imagine oh, if you had Bijan Robinson and Ken Walker together? Oh, no. I know. Don't worry. There's a. There's a few. If if people go on TikTok and search up our latest mock draft, our way too early mock draft, which you did, Pez, I've already had comments saying about the running back that you picked would be a fantastic compliment to Ken Walker. As, as, as but, two, but, but, but rather than explain it too much, rather than explain it too much, I will just ask our listeners who are on TikTok to go like, follow our account. It's all we're on it's also on Instagram, and then you can see all the videos and comment yourself. I'll put yes, it on Twitter can. as well because Twitter will, will uh, I'll get absolutely shredded. Twitter will destroy you. Do you know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Do you know? Yeah, the Seahawks Twitter awesome. verse I'll, will be after I'll just be sat there. Pitchforks. I'll post it and I'll just be sat there with a whiskey <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> <mind. laughs> Shaking with PTSD in the corner. <laughs> no, stealing the nerves to just start kicking off. <laughs> what do you know? Right. Go on, Jim. Who's next? Quentin Jefferson is next. Two years, nine and a half million dollars. Um, a lot of money on Q, Jeff. Um, and again, probably going to be some mixed opinions here. Um, he ended the season with five and a half sacks. Um, probably ended the season better than what he started it. I think he played well in his last got five, six games, getting a couple of sacks um, and, and some good quarterback pressures. Um, we all like Quentin Jefferson. We all think he's a good character and stuff like that. Um, I'm not massively sold on the production you get out of Quinton Jefferson at this point. Um, and I think two years, nine and a half million, I think you can get an improvement upon that potentially in free agency. Um, but he still showed some, like say, five and a half sacks isn't too bad for an interior defensive tackle. Um, so I, I'll give it a C plus. I think that's roughly where I'm at with Q Jeff. Um, again, another one who brings good leadership, good experience of the organisation, a veteran head. Um and I think it probably didn't, you know, it. we've also got to look at this with a bit of context in terms of the guys coming in, shifting from a 4-3 to a 3-4. It was a transitional year on defence as well. So we were asking all our new guys as well as our in-house guys to learn a new playbook and stuff like that that perhaps they weren't familiar with. Um, so I think that plays into it as, as, as well. But in terms of what we saw on the field and for the money we paid, um, I think it's about fair that we just about scrape value for money on QGF this year. Um, so I'll give it around about a C plus for me. Pez? Yeah, I was, I was thinking a C myself, just because he's not my favourite favorite, um, interior lineman from this year. Hopefully he'll get mentioned because he's technically classed as a new signing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just, he, again... He's just, he's a guy who knows the organisation. 
he's a comfort blanket for the interior line. And he excels when the rest of the line's playing well. A theme of our defensive line. A bunch of guys who need everyone to excel really well. We don't have, as they would say, a blue chip player who doesn't need anyone. He will just do it himself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, see, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Thanks very much. Josh? Um, I would have him as a C-. minus. Um, I thought I, it, it was nice bringing him back. At, huh? Just say it, D. D, get him out. Do you know what? I, I genuinely, I was nearly there, but I, I love QJF far too much. All right, um, wait a minute. What's his cleat game? What would you rank, Matt? His cleat game is strong. Strong cleat game. Um, well, he's a great character, and I, I can see why we brought him back, but I thought the price tag was a bit too much for a player like that because he's not going to set the world alight. He's, he was basically a stopgap. He's class defensive end, but he was playing a lot of three-tech. Um yeah, five and a half sacks. He did all right. Um, I can't, I can't chastise him too much because when he came in, he did bits. He he, he had more to, he had more total tackles than Bruce Irving, mm. like one. Um, but he also had more sacks than Bruce Irving, and Bruce Irving was lauded for coming back. And I'm like, you know what? I can't drop him down to a D because he came in, he did a rotational job rather than playing defensive end. He was playing just straight up D tackle. Um, yeah. C minus. I, I like you, Jeff. Fair enough. Um, we're starting to get into the shitters here. Um, Justin uh, Coleman, cornerback, uh, one year, uh, 1.12 million. Um, F you, what, yeah. what, 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 you. what, what's the worst? Yeah, is you. it you? He's he, unknown, you. utter shite. Didn't even, didn't even get on the field properly. He was supposed to be yeah. on nickel. Ungraded. Okay. Next, yeah, next. <laughs> didn't even get didn't his get out of high school. <laughs> I was, I was going to provide some context there, and I've just been no, a barrage next, of shit. Come to a shit. Move on. The boy called You were great the first time around. Just, he might as well just gone on holiday. Might as well just fucking gone on holiday. I could have had the greatest Justin Coleman stat there ready for no, him. We'll never know. Because there isn't one. It's like a one-night stand. You have him once, you don't have him twice, mate. He broke his career total in not playing games. Wow. Next. <laughs> right. Well, well, I'm probably going to get asked to like it, like an awful Spotify song that comes into your playlist. Um, I'm probably just going to be asked to skip this one straight away as well. Artie Burns, one year, skip. two million. That didn't say pointless. Tariq Woolen. Do you know what? I'll give him a grade. Tariq Woolen. You're grading him as a Tariq Woolen. <laughs> no, no. I'm just his grade is Tariq Woolen. Oh, so he's not getting a grade because of Tariq Woolen. Yes. Right. I've got. You. That's his grade. Sorry, I blanked out. Who, who was this? Done. Artie Burns, not Mr. Oh, Burns. Artie. May as well have been Mr. Burns. Again, again, a you just point. Just no. He's one of them camp him. guys, isn't he? Look, he's one of them camp guys. Artie oh, Burns, his size, his speed. Oh, he's lighting it up in camp. He gets injured, and where is? And he? also, his his nickname with the Bears was Artie Burned because all people did was burn past him. As soon as I heard that in preseason, started looking back at videos. I was like, "Good God, I, no!" I swear yeah, they signed him because he's the size boy, but then also he yeah. played an all right game against DK in the snow. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah. Next. give him two mil. It's it's not getting any better, folks. Uh, <laughs> Joel Joel Iegbunen. I can't. I'm sorry, Joel. Iggy, he's called Iggy, Joe Iegbaniwe, I can't properly pronounce it. Um, Is he the defender? Yeah. 
yeah, from Chicago, the uh, the next. linebacker. Yeah, yep, next. You're saying next, but that's about it, Pez. I don't think there's Looked anyone else. Awful. What about the, um, the punt return mush? What about the punt return mush? Oh, that's that's uh, Igwebuke. Didn't he was we sign him back. this year? Yeah, he was a free agent. Oh, as well. from like yeah, not not in like the height of free agency. I don't think we signed him. Right, listen. He's still a free agent, mate. He's still Same a free agent. Treadwell. You're meant to be running this gap. What is your problem? I'm not. I didn't expect mate. to be able to go. Tread- we're, we're about we're about to mute him, mate. I got, I'm not giving a grade on the club, right Treadwell. I got everything right on this podcast. <laughs> can, 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 can we whiz through the rest then? So we've got is Isaiah go on, Dunn. Do his job for him. I'll, I'll go through. Isaiah Dunn. You. Again. No. You. No. Well, F. I'd give because No. No. no if I you, I no. can't. Yeah, non-factor. Um, and then who else have we got? We have got Callan Galaspia. Non-factor. N-A. Not yeah, not applicable. <laughs> um, who else did we get? Let me have a look. Uh, Alexander Johnson. Don't Anyone? know who he is. Linebacker. Quite, no, to be quite honest, <laughs> he was on the uh, the Broncos. Um, oh, oh, we we also picked up uh, Carson Tinker, long snapper. Oh yes, oh yeah, old Carson. Yeah, he came in when uh, Tyler Ott had got himself injured and yeah. couldn't play. With that Didn't. name, it sounds like he should be in prison. It sounds like he's a Charlie Chester, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But you know what? I, w- I will give Tinker a C because he stepped up. And in fact, no, I'll give him a B because he, he came in, he stepped up, didn't put a foot wrong as a long snapper. And fair play to him. Tinker's lucky day. Bloody hell. A plus. <laughs> uh, who else? Oh, Xavier Crawford. Non factor. <laughs> I'm just, half of these people I'm looking at, I'm like, did we have him on our team? Right. Um, right, fuck all these off. The the running back. He's got oh, what, Jones? Oh, you, you've missed out Daryl Johnson. Hang on, Daryl Johnson, who had that flash in the pan game, who everyone was like, oh, he's actually not bad. Um, yeah, that's an E. Um, oh, and can we also mention, you're talking about running backs, Tony Jones Jr. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness me. There's a pub quiz answer <laughs> now, in a few now, years. You, you can't give him a U because he played. F. So, what, is yes, it an you F? Still give him a U, though, Josh. He's <laughs> yeah. an F. Fucking useless is what an he F is. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is a list of others yeah. as well. Right. But we'll leave it at that. And we'll it, you know, let's, that. Go, let's go to it, right? Because Pez is champion at the bit. Igwebuke. I really do believe, uh, or like, I think very unintentionally, we have found our punt returner. Was he punt, punt or kick? Uh, did he do both? Funny. Bit of both, actually, yeah. We did both because he took over from Dallas, didn't he, as the kick returner? I genuinely think, I genuinely think, I don't know, like, I'm guessing we need to re sign him and whatnot. But if they get him back, I think he'll chomp a bit at that returning job. Like some of them runs he was doing, he, he uh, yeah. 30, 40 I, yard returns, mate. I'll have them. Every how much did you pay for him, Josh? Does it, have you got it? Can you get it up there? Uh, 10 um, quid and a bag of what's it? So yeah, then. I was going to say. Um, it's got to be like vet minimum or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, oh he's, he's the next Devin Hester from what I've seen. Let, let me check. You talk amongst yourselves. I've got to try and spell it now without. Uh, right. He's got to be, so for me, he's got to be vet minimum. And to be quite honest, some of them fucking returns, he put us in very good field position. And I would go ballsy enough to say, 
you're talking for me anyway. You're talking B A range because tell me when he put a foot wrong. Tell me when he. Uh, every, every kick. He looked at, lads, he looked at... Do you want to know what he was on? Oh please! Now this is a this could B- be a argin. Eight hundred and ninety-five grand. A plus, A plus, A plus for that money for what we got out of him. For One a guy, year, he was a non-ninety-five grand. He was. He just got bought in as a dog's body when we were struggling at running back when all the running boxes went down essentially. And then he went hmm. probably in training. They saw him and. Hmm. Okay, we can't risk anyone else. Put him on punt return. Oh my god, this guy's actually quite good. He's got a bit of burst, and he didn't let us down. How many times? There must have been two or three times off memory. He nearly broke it to the house. Mm. Just, just needed so literally one clipped little at gap. The last and, yeah. yeah, I'm going to poke the bear a little bit here, Josh, because you know when I kept saying to Pez that DJ Dallas wasn't a particularly good kick returner, and I was just waiting for someone to come in and and kick return properly. To show him what a proper kick returner looks like, <laughs> and then this guy, sent right. from the gods above, came in and showed him that DJ Dallas isn't a particularly good. That's kick right. in my opinion. This is Pez. This is his Pez's average yards viewer. per his average yards per return. DJ Dallas, why are you rolling your eyes? Because isn't that what his job is? A return. Yeah, but it never got him anywhere. Twelve returns, average twenty-two point five yards, longest thirty. Probably not that good, but still, I like him. He's a fucking dog. Yeah. When he comes back and gets even better next year, yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you look a fool on your hot takes at the end. But the little spoiler there. I'm not bothered. They're fucking hot take. I People listen to positive Pez every single week. They're they not going know. to be surprised. They won't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fair point. Um, right. Exactly. You big dickhead. <laughs> anyway, right. Before we get off. Before we get off. Can I, we? I, we we to... need to put like a a, a parental advisory. Sort of warning at the start of this pod. <laughs> right. I've, I've, I literally, in that whole segment, I forgot that we were recording. So <laughs> that's you, might look, you might have to just, listen back. because That's, that's I've, what this pod is. It's, it's, just, it's just three mates just chatting about the Seahawks that's the and battering, So yeah. Before we leave um, for the free agency, we, were, we said we weren't going to talk about like Russ, but... I still feel like we could chuck the players we got from his trading because technically, okay. do you class them as free agents? Basically, I just want to talk about Shelby Harris because I've been looking through uh, social media, the amount of people who say we should cut him. I, I yeah, would because say, of his cap hit, mate. That's well, it. Cut him and then re-sign him. Fine. But his cap hit's going to be... No, no. Big. People are just saying... People... From what I'm reading, people are just saying, cut him. Like, he's not good enough. And I think... Mm. Like, I... What I said before about uh, interior lineman, I think he took... By the end of the season, he was our best interior lineman. Agreed. Because if we remember, at the start of the year... I liked him. He did a few little flashes and Josh called him out on the pod... So we've got to thank Josh for this because Shelby Harris listens to this podcast because Josh calls him out on the pod going, I've got to call him out because I think he's a non-entity. Where is he? What's he doing? And ever since Josh said that, Shelby Harris has listened and gone, well, watch this, you British motherfucker. And he's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just got better and better and better. In the, through the interior, he's, he, by the end of the season... And it might have been a scheme thing. It might have been a familiarity thing with the team. 
but he was there. He was the disruptor. It was him and our Woods. It was him on his own. That Niners game in the playoffs, it, it was just him always, constantly. If people want to get rid of him, like, if we can afford it for whatever other plans we've got, I'd even take the cap hit on him just so we make sure we keep him because he is a solid piece in that interior from what he showed yeah. towards the back end of the season. He really got rolling. And he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays with spite and he's old to still have that fight in him. Why would you want to lose that kind of guy? Why yeah. would you want to lose that interior? I just wanted to like, give him a bit of praise because I believe he was our best lineman. And I think, again, Daryl Taylor and the Walsu started sparking because he was causing so much trouble through the interior. Mm. Them double teams started drifting away because they needed to block down the middle because he was just breaking everything. And that let them to three around the side. So people who listen to this and think, no, just go back and watch some of them last games. He was this disruptor. I just yeah. wanted to give him a shout out. Fair enough. Um, yeah, we'll give a quick fire grade on, on the on the three lads we got from Denver then. So what grade would you give Shelby Harris then? I'd say B B plus for me. B plus. Then, I'll go with B plus. I like plus. him a lot. Yeah, like I'll agree with that. Josh? Exactly the same. B plus. Start of the season. Like I said, as Pez said, I wasn't convinced because I just thought he he went missing. He's, I, I, I think it was personally him not knowing necessarily his defensive work. So what was required? What was required of him in this scheme and an unfamiliar team surrounding. But as he settled in, he really started to show his value and he was really making some class disruptive plays trying to get to the QB. Mm. He was helping with the run stuff. Um, it was a great leader on the field, you know. Fair play, like I, I think the the biggest thing where people wanted to cut him, from my point, from where I'm standing, is his cap hit's going to be massive or bigger than what it should be for his his output. Um, I think if we cut him, because he seems really happy here, he, he he's always bigging up the Seahawks organization. I think if we cut him and then re-sign him or restructure his deal, I'd keep him for another couple of years because. He'll be good to to sort of rotate in and out. He'll help coach up the young lads as well. And he's he's come from mm-hmm. a background which isn't just a straight from the draft. You are starting in the NFL to carry on going. He's had to fight, claw, and fight his way into starting lineups. So mm-hmm. I like the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, no fan. Pez, do you want to start? Do you know what I'm going to say? Um, for a tight end coming to Seattle, we don't necessarily use our tight ends to their biggest strengths, but we kind of did both with him. I, I, I'd i say the B range again for Noah Fant. I was very impressed with him. Again, another guy who took his time, but by the end of the season, really developed into a good weapon for Gino. Because yeah. he, he's, an, he's an attacking tight end, but he also proved he doesn't mind getting dirty. And I like Try a quick that start. moving forward. Quick start. He was our third highest receiver in terms of yardage. So it went DK, 1,048. Tyler, 1,033. The drop-off is quite significant. Then it went Noah Fant, 486 off 50 receptions of 63 targets. So given that, he's he's coming down with it whenever it's going up. And he's averaging 9.7 yards per reception. So And you've got to think, like... Like Pete team, he doesn't really use tight ends mm. that often in the attacking game. So, yeah, 
I'd say like the B. B Although B. I reckon if Will Disley stayed fit, looking at these stats here, I reckon he would have beat him. But never mind. That's not, that's for another. Do you, do you not, for another day. Just quietly, quietly, whilst no one's listening. Do you not think Will Disley's going to get cut this year? Yeah, I think he might because he's too injury prone, which is a shame because we love Uncle think, Will. But do you not think now we've got now we've got Noah Fan and Colby Parkinson started proving a few things? There's a lot of tight ends who uh, like. There's a lot of, like these tight ends coming in. People are very high on. Them. Like, is he worth? The, what's his cap it? Have you got that there or? It was. It uh, didn't he sign a two-year like eighteen million? I think his extension was in that two years, 16, 18 million, something like that. Um, but it is a I lot of money. Him, I, could, I really could see him going. Yeah. His injuries are just piling up. Or or he will understand his position, want to just stay in Seattle, get cut, sign for a lot cheaper, or restructure. Like You don't need to cut him, just restructure it to a, very, to a club-friendly deal. I could see yeah. him doing that. Keep the trio together, club-friendly deal. Boom. But yeah, it's nearly seven mil shocked. by the looks of it. Yeah, I would not be shocked if they save seven mil and he's not willing to restructure, they could. Yeah, I six could eight that. fifty. Six eight yeah. fifty this coming season. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and I, I also love Noah Fan. I think he's about as athletic as he can get at the tight end position. Um I think if we keep him around long term, I think he could develop into a massive weapon for us over the next few years. So I'll go in that sort of B B plus range for me. Um Josh. Do you know Oh, sorry, sorry. Do, do you know what's good about Noah Fan? What I like at first, I didn't see it, but as the season went on, like Disley and Colby Parkinson, they're very similar to each other. It's almost mm. like the two peas in the pod. He's come in and he's the third P in the pod. They're all like they, they, they. I don't know if it's a tight end thing, but that they all seem like the same person. They understand each other's like vibe, and they're all on that same wavelength. Mm. What they do, how they get on with each other, like it's a, he's come in and he's settled in really well to have a solid trio like room there. And how old is he? He's only young, isn't he? Twenty five. He's not old, no, mid twenties. He's been in the league for four years. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Right. So less about Noah Fant then. Who else came over? Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, Drew Lock. Drew Lock, pointless. Don't even. Let's not even grade him. He probably won't that's, come back. That's unfortunately a you. He, yeah. He's a half-decent backup to have because he's got he's NFL free... starting experience. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's not coming back. There's too many teams out there who who potentially would start him. Like, he, he's not coming back. Yeah, agreed. Um, Unless he doesn't come back, but that's for, for another day. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get on to these draft picks then uh, because I think there's going to be a lot of high grades here. Um, as we look back over our of our draft class of 2022, now that we've seen a year of them, um, their first year in the league, uh, like I say, I'm expecting a lot of top grades here, a lot of passing with flying colours. Um, we'll start with the obvious one. We'll go through from round one through to round seven. Um, our first pick was obviously at pick number nine, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Um, the, the interesting thing here is going to be how we grade Charles Cross compared to Abe Lucas. I think that's going to be interesting, but um, I will give Charles Cross an A. Um, I Spoiler alert, I'm going to potentially grade Abraham Lucas maybe a little bit higher than that, um, because I think he was the better offensive tackle this year. Um, 
But for me, Charles Cross, I mean, he's, that's not taking absolutely anything away from him. He was excellent for the vast majority of the season. Like Pez has said, maybe Watts starts to wear out a little bit at the end of the season. But again, that's fatigue. Rookie fatigue. It's rookie it? fatigue. It's, it's, you know, he's a big lad. He's not as sort of well built, in, if, if you know what I mean, as Abe Lucas. Abe Lucas is a real, real athlete in terms of his body. And his, he's a better builded offensive lineman. He seems, he looks fitter, if you know what I mean. Better builded. Better builded, better builded, yeah, better offensive. Builded. This, this, this is a guy who goes to university and English is his first language. More robust. Yeah, but, but more robust. Clip it, clip it, Josh. This, ma- this man goes to uni. Better Shut builded. Up. Shut up. Um, yeah, I'll give Charles Cross an A. Actually, I think he was excellent for the vast majority of the season. Um, finished as one of the best uh, rookie offensive tackles. Um, as, as as obviously we have we have two of the best rookie offensive tackles, but yeah, here for me on Charles Cross, um, he he is the future at left tackle. That is absolutely no question about that. Pez, right? Well, as all our regular listeners well know, I'm not a big O line guy, so I'm not going to train waffle shite and make out like an all like gameplay terms. Grade for him. It's got to be in the A range because it has to be. Now, my thing with this is, like you said, Abe Lucas is going to get a better grade than him. So you're going to go A+. plus. Now, my thing with these two is, Abe probably had the overall better season. But without obviously going through every single game and being a like nerd and crunching every single play. I leave that to Matty Brown and his podcast. Um, being the left tackle, you normally get the best guys every single game on your side. Mm. Now, adding rookie fatigue, going up against the like elite rusher, and if you think the teams we've been playing against, he has gone up against like. Max Crosby, Nick Bolsa. He's gone up against some of like the top five, top ten rushers in the league. Now you've got to add rookie fatigue in there. And then you kind of can pardon him for getting beat towards the back end of the year because, you know, he he he's expected more as Abe Lucas necessarily hasn't had. The harder graft, if you if you know where I'm coming from, so it is really hard to grade one over the other for me, without get basically watching them play and being technical. Because if I tried doing that, I'd end up just watching Gino or Ken anyway, and I'd, there'd be no fucking purpose. Yeah, completely, so, completely sidetracked. And a hundred percent. I'd be watching the D line of the other team. I'd be a fucking all over the place like a fucking dog. Um, so I'd say A, I'd say so, so, a solid A. And for the other guy, because I let Josh completely take the floor with both of them because he loves nerding out on the line, I'd give them both an A. So for A, Lucas, I will sit back and let Josh. Okay. Lyrically. We'll start when with Charles comes, Cross first, Josh. Comes, sorry. Charles Cross, I'd mark A. Uh, like you said, I think rookie fatigue set him. But then, as the the left tackle, you are completely responsible for protecting your 
quarterback's blind side, and that is where most of the pass rush comes from because you always get the best rusher. Well, usually you'll get the best pass rusher on the right-hand side of the defensive line purely because they've got a better route to hitting the quarterback because they can't see him. I thought he did fantastic all season. He had a couple of little slip-ups, but that was purely because he got tired. Um, sometimes, I mean, I can't even say sometimes he got just beaten by a better player because I think he held his own against some of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, but yeah, in A, um, I would have expected Geno to be completely clean off his blind side with a top 10 like left tackle or top 10 pick as a left tackle. But I think the fatigue let him down a little bit. Um, moving on to Abe Lucas, this was a man that I'd looked at a little bit in pre-draft but didn't realise how good he was going to be at the professional level. He was just an absolute monster. He shared a video on his Instagram the other day, which was just a pancake party video. And there's a lovely pancake that he does, one that Charles Cross does as well. But the man just, he just eats people alive. He is such an aggressive right tackle that he just refuses to be beaten. Like like James tried to say in his 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 great England um Engrish. Um he he I think he's just a, a complete robust right tackle. He he's got a good base, he sets his feet right, his hand works. All right, 95% of the time he does make the odd mistake. Um I mean there was one sack that he let in because he tried to he tried too hard to place his hands centrally instead of going on the outside to try and hold his man in. But that's a rookie for you. I'm I'm not going to chastise him again for that. I thought he was fantastic. A plus, A plus, yeah. A plus for me. Um, so, sorry about future. that, James. As well, we were doing it in order, and it's all right. I kind of teed him up. It's we fine. Can, we we can talk about we've knocked off the two tackles. Yeah, but yeah, they come as a pair. Them two, two peas in a pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, A plus for me for for Lucas. I thought he, he had the slightly more impressive rookie season than Charles Cross, yeah. but then. Pez makes an interesting point that perhaps, you know, Cross got the better pass rushes. So you can you can look at that either either way, we can sit here and say we have got the next ten years of offensive tackle football play in Seattle as them two being the starters. I mean our, our future's in safe hands with those two off off the uh off the evidence we've seen in this first season. Um we'll get to our but second round a, pick. Abe Lucas probably does deserve the A plus because he had Gabe Jackson next to him, so he's almost That's in two shops anyway, isn't he? That's also a good point. Oh, yeah, a, a plus plus. A plus plus. A plus plus plus. A plus plus. <laughs> right, next. Right. Obviously, round round two, uh, pick 40. I believe this was the second round pick that we got from the Denver Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade. And we used Don't it on the way, Maffey, that boy, the linebacker from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he didn't. Didn't light up the sack column like some of us may have thought as we got work and when we get to our hot seats, uh, hot takes um, in, a, in a little bit. But uh, three sacks, I, I don't think, like like we've said and like other analysts and people have said on, on Twitter and across the social media verse this season that followed the Seahawks that Boyer Mafia has been notably better in the run defence um, than, and, and than sort of being an, a down sort of outright pass rusher um he, he's playing better in sort of snuffing out the screen game and he does remind me of that kj right kind of player that isn't always going to get to the quarterback he doesn't you don't always ask him to be a pass rusher but he does look like he excels on that sort of edge where he's stopping the runners snuffing out screen players snuffing out run players that, that get to the outside um 
and and obviously has that sort of skill set and that talent that if you ask him to go and pin his ears back and try and get to the quarterback, then he's comfortable doing that as well. So I think he's a real Swiss Army knife kind of prospect that we've got on our hands here. Um, he's a really nice mould of a prospect that we can sort of mould into however we want him over the next couple of years. Um, and again, I, I'm going to have to give Boye Mafé. I'll give him an I'll give him an A minus, just just slightly worse than an A purely because the, the sack production wasn't there yet this season, but that will perhaps come. Um, but his work, like I say, in the run defence and, and, and tackling, I think he is one that we haven't been having to pull our hair out this season because of his tackling technique. He he wraps up, he tackles properly, in my opinion. Um, so that's always good as well. So, yeah, uh, A-. minus. I'd say you, personally, i say you're high there. I get where you're coming from. I do. I understand it. I do because um, when he was on the field, he he just got criminally unutilized. Mm-hmm. Multiple times, Pete got asked in presses, "Where's Boy Maffe? Where's Boy Maffe?" And he's just, you know just typical fucking Pete and his presses. It's like, oh well, yeah, he does need more time because he's very productive when he gets that time, and then never gets that fucking time. But. Whenever he's not that you're on, frustrated whenever... by it. No, no, Josh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm with you, mate. I'm completely with you. Not at all. Because every time he was on the field, he was always there in the mix. I'd just say he's in the B range for me. B, yeah. B plus. Um, but you pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything you said because I was very impressed with what I saw and then very frustrated mm. because I didn't see enough of it. And it's mm-hmm. like... I understand that he's a rookie and you want to ease him in and he behind the scenes he might have some learning that they want him to get through and they don't want to overload him. But at the end of the day, when you go for a mid-season slump and he is evidently making a difference on the field, just play the fucking kid who was a second-round pick. You picked him in the second round because he should be ready to go. Don't pick him in the second round and go, I'm going to baby him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So maybe he takes a hit on his grade because of frustration because of the coaching. That's fair. Josh? I am 100% with Pez. Um, uh, What was it? B plus. I couldn't mark him in the A's um, because he he didn't see the field enough. Yeah. Mm. Um, It's the Ricky Gervais The Office for anyone who's not watching on YouTube. Um, Yeah, I, I think... Boye Marfe was someone that I loved going into the draft and coming out of the draft. I thought it was a fantastic pick for us. A lad who's got that much speed off the edge is a great tackler. He he's just he's just a ball of energy, which is what you want with someone off the edge. It's very much the same as Daryl Taylor. DT, as everyone says, just doesn't stop talking or moving. It's just a, an energy bringer. I thought he was fantastic in run stuff. He just he, his run pursuit was fantastic it was brilliant when he had the opportunity to rush the passer i think he looked quite effective uh, he just didn't get enough reps at it to be as successful as he could have been um I, I, yeah i just think he was underutilized i think they were too busy trying to squeeze in bruce irvin hmm. where they could to give boyer his reps um but yeah i mean b plus 100 hopefully next season when we talk about this like we'll be speaking a lot higher about him. Um, I just hope that we don't draft an edge that pushes him further down the list. We'll throw this in 
but then Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson. See, by, the me, sounds, sorry, by the sounds of it, Will Anderson could fall to us with, with, with the talk everyone. Oh, we'll, we'll wait for our draft pods to have this chat we'll, because yeah, we'll, wait for draft. we'll go down a massive rabbit hole um, because I've, I've just done a, a mock as well. Good luck. Ooh. We love it. Um, I don't think we'll need to spend too long on this, lads, even though we'll, we'd probably love to. Um, but Ken Walker on, with pick Please 41. It's a, it's an A plus, isn't it? I mean, come on. A, a star, star, star. A plus 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 nine. Well done to anyone who counted that. Um, yeah, he's done very well, didn't he? One thousand and fifty yards, nine touchdowns. Um, again, I mean, yeah, we don't need to spend too much, too long. Because uh, we could be here all what night singing, what a draft singing his praises. Um, what a draft pick. And for everyone, if you're listening to this, everyone who turned around and bitched and moaned about that pick when it came in, going, really, why do we need one of them? What are you saying now? I'd love to hear what is... Oh, running back. What is it now? I had an argument with a lot of you on Twitter that when that pick came in, saying, just wait. Just wait. They waited. And just think just think what he did this season. Wait till next season. Oh. Wait till fucking next season. Because the rains are coming off next season. He was still, he was still a bit rocky-ish, still a bit, like, in his own head. Yeah. Being held back by the coaching in some aspects. Just wait. He should have won offensive rookie of the year with his stabilizers he fucking on. Should have. Shouldn't he? Do, why did you mention this? Sorry. Why did you mention Sorry. this? this yeah, is, let's not go down that because we'll, we'll end up talking about Tariq. That is well. the biggest bag of fucking rigged shit I have ever seen in my life. The first year, the guy who's got the most first votes. Oh no, it's accumulation of fucking shit. Now piss accumulation. off. Do you, it's awful, isn't do you know, it? If, have you seen that Spongebob Nobbed. meme where he just does this? Nobbed. Spongebob Squarepants where he just does this and it's a yeah. rainbow. That just needs to say, East Coast bias. Yeah. Just that. We've said this in our group chat. I've said it on Twitter. That was the most ridiculous thing because Garrett Wilson was good. Fine. But no, he did wasn't. he single... Did, no, 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 no. He he was good enough on the Jets, but did he single-handedly win his team games? Did he fuck? Honestly, you know, Josh. So. On honestly, honestly, when when that even started materializing, like Garrett Wilson, I'd listened to my fantasy podcast and they talk about offensive rookie of the year. Two of them, it's got to be Ken Walker. It has to be Brees. If Brees Hall stayed fit, it would have been then, them two. Yeah. Like Garrett Wilson wouldn't be a factor. It's got to be. And the other one was like, no, but Garrett Wilson did this. And I, I, I looked at what he did and memory what he did. And I was just like, how? 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 It, it was rough. He didn't, he didn't, he, did, he, he genuinely didn't do fuck all. Like, yes, he had some splashy plays. No, like Josh said, he didn't. So on some occasions, carry his team. He, on some occasions, didn't bulldoze his way in with six defenders on his back whilst keeping his legs churning and Colby Parkinson helping him push him along. Two guys, at the last minute, a third guy came in, pushing six defenders back 
to get a touchdown. Garrett Wilson, what? He's got great speed and he can run a fucking good route. Fuck off, mate. Shouldn't have mentioned that. You shouldn't have mentioned it. I'll lighten the mood. I'll lighten the mood, Pez, because with our 109th pick in the fourth round, we selected Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Um, I'll I'll give him him an A. Um, I don't think... Like I said, I don't think he has the speed to play outside corner, in my opinion. Um, but I thought for his first season, um, for a fourth round pick, again potentially overshadowed by our next pick, which we'll come to in a in a in a moment. Um, but it, within his own right, held his own, played well, um, and again got his got, got yeah got lost in the attention a little bit of Tariq Wallen. But I thought yeah, for the most part, he was really good. So I'll give him an A. I'm going to say A as well, and maybe a bit of biasedy, but I, I, I could be tempted to say A plus, but only on the param like with the parameters of he's an outside corner. Never in his whole career, people need to remember this. He's coming into the NFL as a fourth round pick. Round the fourth round pick, it's like you could be summit, you couldn't be summit, you could be dusted, you couldn't be. But no. It shows the talents he's got. He might lack speed, right? He might lack speed, but sometimes you can train that. You don't know these coaches are miracle workers. Oh, he's he's going to spend all off season just doing fizz. I guarantee yeah. he's working with a speed coach. Right, right, because it just shows for anyone who even questions him. It just shows how good of a player he is that they've entrusted playing him at slot corner, a position he's never played in his whole career. Never in his whole career, but in the NFL, from pretty much week one, here's the slot corner, it's your job. Over Justin Coleman. Uh, Yeah. but The man who signed specifically to be just a a, a slot corner. Now, look at it like this. When Trey Brown came back, who's had experience at the NFL level, who's played slot corner, he he could have got time at slot corner. But Kobe just locked it down. You look at all the all-access films from the season, you look at the mic'd up films, everything. And I genuinely believe Pete has a lot of faith in Kobe. There's so many times in the all-access game tape where Pete, is giving instructions to Kobe, and then he he's going on the field and telling them what, like telling other players. So if Pete's entrusting a player with that high of a responsibility, then you know we got something very special. Like yeah, I think I think he's just gonna get even. Like I just think he's gonna get even better. Like Josh said, he's yeah. gonna work on that phase, but it's also he's never had speed. He's just used his smarts, a bit like mm. Richard Sherman. Never had, the, never had the elite speed, but always had the smarts. Once, like they say, the game slows down for him, and he's had a full season in slot. He's going to go and train for slot. He's going to have an off season at slot. I think we're going to see an absolute different animal when it comes to next season with him. I, I genuinely yeah. do. Yeah, sky's the limit. Um, Josh, your your grade on uh, on Kobe? I'm going to go with. B minus. I think boo. the yeah, we're doing boo. so well, Josh. I thought we were yeah, together on this. I know. 
But I, for me, it was purely the the fact that like, I thought there were some occasions where his speed or lack of really let him down. Um, and I, I think he, for his first season as a slot corner, fair play, he did really, really well. But I think he could have been a hell of a lot better. But, um, based on the the natural gifts and tools that he's got from playing outside corner, I just think he didn't adjust well enough quickly enough for someone who was tired so highly. So I'm going to go B minus. It's still it's still in the B range, and you know he hopefully will settle in there and just be our slot corner of the future. But do you before think... Pez, before you get in there, um, but yeah, I'd I'd be tempted by a B, but I'd have to say B minus just because I see too many flaws in his athleticism to give him any higher. But do you not think as the season went on, he got better? Because I do. He did, but I'm looking at the season holistically, mate. Yeah. The reason why we scored at General Nuosu, what a B plus or whatever it was, A minus. All I'd say, defending my boy, is how I look at it is the whole defense went downhill in the midway through the season. That's where Colby started getting noticeable. And then he proper, like, tied himself up towards the back end of the season. Mm. So change it to a B, all right, Josh. We were doing so well together. Ah, uh, B minus, mate. Well, I'm sure we're all uh, going to be uh, we're all going to be unanimous on this next one. Three Bullen, pick 153. Uh, that's that's an uh, A plus. C minus. <laughs> C minus. <laughs> you didn't, didn't get defensive rookie of the year. I'm could, sorry. Could have uh... like you know led the league in interceptions or you know got a. Better speed score, you know. Do better, Terry. Do better. You're not going to be on this podcast next week. Um, <laughs> A no, plus, 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 times 27. Of course it was. Easy. Move on. Tariq Smith. Um, didn't see anything of him this year. Uh, the uh, uh, the edge rusher out of Ohio State. Yeah, he was on injured it's reserve. Um, interesting. So now, when, he come, when he comes back, let's see what he can chuck him in the mix. He had some good positive tools coming out of the draft. Moldable yeah. guy. Let's just hope that the injury hasn't stunted his progression and we still got a nice ball of clay to work with because he might be a little sneaky factor because I remember looking at him and people said he he pretty much is just an edge rusher. Hmm. Well, the way so, I look at it is we we drafted Daryl Taylor. When he was injured, we knew when you find well he was injured, he didn't play his entire first season. We got him back in his second season, and we've seen what Daryl Taylor can do since. So hopefully yeah. Tariq can follow in that same suit, um, and we'll skip over the well, we won't skip over them, but we'll go through them quickly because the last two were Bo Melton in the seventh round from Rutgers. Obviously, oh, we released him. At, well, we didn't release him. We get him on the practice squad, and then the Packers picked him up. I think claimed, uh, yeah. midway through the season. So that's a that's a F. You know, didn't didn't do anything with us. Had so much potential as well with his speed and stuff. I would have really yeah. liked him what he could have done, but yeah, the Packers have kept him. They they seem to they like have. him. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what his how his career plans. We'll be watching that closely. And then uh, the final pick was Derek Young, who uh, who flattered to get involved in the offense at, towards the end of the season, and hopefully we'll see more of him next season. But um, you mean because he was involved, free Derek Young next year. Mm-hmm. I know you like him, Pez. I know you're part of his PR team. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a C plus for now, Derek Young, um, and because I see the potential, I see his size, I see his athletic ability, and I can see the Seahawks trying to scheme him in there. So, do you know what? I think you. Uh, I think I'm going to say B, because you've not mentioned what he did on special teams. 
I was about to say, what about his special team? Uh, I'm going to say B because of his special teams. How many times yeah, did true. he was he the first one there using his raw speed to catch the guy and then down the ball in the in the five? How yeah, many true. times was he just the guy who always first like for his special teams play, like his special teams play alone like a B, and then like you said, he showed potential when he actually got in the lineup towards the end. Yeah, like who was it who? It was Jalen Ramsey who absolutely destroyed, didn't he? Yeah, he did, round, yeah. But Gino just didn't yeah. look at him. He absolutely yeah, double moved him to death. So if yeah. he if, if if that's what he can do, and give him another off season, we could see. We, we, yeah, Josh? I, I like that. Um, I'm gonna go with a. You know what? I really liked him at the end of the season. I thought his special teams ability was. Fantastic! I thought he he contributed quite well on the offense when he got his snaps. Um, I'm gonna, probably going to go B minus. Okie doke, right? That that's worth. That's the free agents and the draft guys that we've graded uh, based on their first seasons in Seattle. Um, some mixed bags, of, of course, not so much in the draft. Pretty much nailed that. Some mixed bags in free agency. Hopefully, we'll maybe have a little bit of a better one this year. Um, but let's get to the moment I've been waiting for, the hot takes and the regular season review, uh, our prediction review anyway, because this is where uh, we maybe didn't nail it as much as the Seahawks did in the draft. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll start with my hot takes first. So my my hot takes were, and, and feel free to laugh at any point, uh, because I'll be laughing at the rest of your hot takes, so you know, don't feel like you're insulting me by laughing. Um, Richard Penny, this is my first one, Richard Penny, to stay healthy all season and go for 1,300 yards and 12 <laughs> touchdowns. Um, yeah, that went well. Richard Penny had 346 yards rushing and two touchdowns, just so you're aware of the context, and of course, didn't stay healthy. What on earth was I thinking with that one? Um, I will never know. And I hate to tell you all, people, it doesn't get better. In fact, it probably gets worse. Um, Jamal Adams was the next one. Why on earth I felt the need to, to, to put a Jamal Adams hot take there when everyone who listens to this podcast and you two fellas know that, you know, my opinions on Jamal Adams. Um, for whatever reason, maybe I maybe I'd done a line or something before this podcast. Um, I said Jamal Adams would lead the team in interceptions with six in 2022. Um, of course, what was I thinking? That was always going to be Tariq Woolard. <laughs> um, theory to you, me. And then, again, I hate to say it, but it probably gets worse. Um, Jason Myers <laughs> to be cut by the bye week. What does he do? He's all pro, yeah. all pro kicker, <laughs> one of the best in the NFL. Um, theory, theory. One, and the, the, the fourth and final one for mine that I probably did get right and I was probably snubbed on this so I'm going to defend my case on this one uh, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross are both to be Pro Bowl selections um, I'll stand by that I think they both played at a Pro Bowl level so even though they both didn't make the Pro Bowl I think they were both Pro Bowl standard offensive tackles this year for me in my opinion so I'll stand by that hot take and say I pretty much got that one right um, yeah quick, quick thoughts on those four Boys, before I move to Pezzas. Yeah. What's the backwards? What's the backwards uh, word for Oracle? Idiot. Yeah. Idiotic. Idiotic. One word. Yeah. Should we just give one word replies to them? Just what? Just yeah. one word. No. 
you can do. Um, the one word replies to yours are going to be interesting, Pez, so don't get too comfortable, <laughs> my friend. Let's start with this first one. Listen, um, do positive Pez every single week. We all know what's about to go down. I embrace oh, it. Okay. I, it just means I've got to get better next year. Oh, are you, well, yeah, you do need to get better next year. No, I mean by it, getting even more wild and worse. Oh, right. Oh, well. Mm. Right, let's, let, right. let's go through these and see what you think at the end. Um, Strap in, folks. I would. I would <laughs> if I were you. DJ Dallas, running back one by the end of the year with a thousand yards rushing. It was your first prediction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, your next one. Because, of course, Pez had five or six and everyone else was only allowed four because it's his favourite segment. Um, Miles, Adam, Miles Adams was going to be a starter by the bye week and replace Puna Ford in the starting lineup. Um, could have happened. Could have happened. OK, not too, not not completely wide of the mark. Your next one was, and we've just mentioned him, Derek Young. You called Derek Young to have five or six touchdowns this season. Uh, did he have five or six catches? I don't know. <laughs> He um, could have done no. He could have done. He could have done. I got cheated. I, I, you know, I could have had a date with Margot Robbie Pez, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> Corby Bryant, you called that he would be the left out, the starting left outside corner by the end of the season. Mm. Save me, Josh. Save me. He was, he was a starting corner. He was a starting yeah. corner. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Pez. Right. I got you back. Okay, right. We'll get a bit of this. Jordan Brooks, because of course you had to you had to throw your man in there, Jordan Brooks, with your final one. Right, one minute, one minute, one minute. Let's just quickly stop. Do not cheerfully go, oh what about this, Jordan Brooks? My man got injured. I know he did. Right? And you're gloating about it. No. I will come up nope. to whatever nope. shithole you're Not gloating in and beat your ass. Not gloating. I'm simply reading. You said Jordan Brooks would make the Pro Bowl and be an All-Pro, second-team All-Pro. To be fair, you said he would lead the team in sacks and tackles by, and also beat his tackle record set last season. Um, for context, Jordan Brooks had one sack. He had 161 tackles, which was 23 short of his record, which was 180. So he would have broke it. He would have broke it. From where he got injured. Don't try and play it. <laughs> he, he, was, he was on course to break it. He was on course to break it, and he was on course for a pro ball this year. Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking about the sacks one, though. Yeah, no, I was just chucking it in for fucking bait, wasn't I? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, oh, Again, that everyone listens to Positive Pez every week. They know what I'm like. you got to chuck okay. a bit of bait out there. See what sticks. Okay. Josh. But that's, don't, sorry, but that Jordan Brooks one, all joking aside, he would have broke that. 23 tackles. How many games did he miss? He was like hitting 10 a game. Yeah. It, it, it's just the, the, the sack one that made me laugh a little bit. I don't know what you were thinking with that one. But well, Me neither, but you know, he's, he's, the, he's the boy, isn't he? So. Yeah. It's, because, it's because Pez, Pez is desperate to see him shoot through an O-line and just smash people like he did when he was in college. Like he did. No, but like he did this year when he got his sack. It was fucking... Beautiful. I was on my sofa, and then I'm going to see what happened next. By himself, with Kleenex, Shit. somebody... Have we all know what happened next. Yeah. Do you hear me? I'm um, thinking fucking James is a player for fucking underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Santa came at the right time. Because I got a nice <laughs> of underwear. Um, 
Josh, to be fair, to be fair to you, Josh, some of these aren't too bad. They aren't on mine and Pez's levels, so I'll give you that. I think you win the hot Played take. it safe for his... Played it uh, safe for his... Yeah, well, yeah, you could argue that as well. Yeah. Um, we'll just boring, shall we? <laughs> your first one <laughs> was Boye Mafia to have more sacks than Uchenna Nwosu. Um, for oh, context, nice. Boye Mafia had three, Uchenna Nwosu had nine and a half. Um, so, you know, not a... Not a million, million miles off, but obviously... Yeah. I'd love to know the snap count, though, between the two of them. True. And then no, the, no, uh, the average. Yes, next one. <laughs> Daryl Taylor to lead the team in sacks. Now, I'll give you this one, because technically he did. Joint money. Yes, both him and Nwosu had nine and a half. So, technically, you've got that one right. So, that's I think that's the only one... Other than my one that I'm giving myself for Abe Lucas and Charles Cross being Pro Bowl, because I think they were. Um, that, that's the first Jordan, one you've Jordan officially Brooks. got right. What are you saying, Pez? I'll take the Jordan Brooks one, and we've all got one right. Right, OK. Yes, you can have the Jordan Brooks one, whatever. Within that um, asterisk. Yeah, yeah, your, yours is the asterisk one. Um, I told you it was. Big Belland. <laughs> <laughs> your third one, Colby Parkinson, an interesting one. You said he would have five touchdowns and that they would all be in the red zone. Um, for context, Corby had two touchdowns and one of them was in the red zone. Um, that one was against the Jets. His other touchdown against the Broncos was from 25 yards out, so that wasn't in the red zone. Um, but not too far off, three touchdowns short. Well, obviously a really good season for Corby, his, his big kind of breakout year. So that was well predicted in that sense. Um, you then predicted that the Seahawks would have at least one shutout win, and then you went further with that and predicted that to be against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't think I need yeah. to remind us what happened in that game. That was certainly not a shutout, and it wasn't even a win. Um, oh, dear. Um, and then your final one, you said, by the trade deadline, we'll have traded for an inside linebacker, and as a result, we will have dropped LJ Collier. Um, let's, get, let's get to these regular season predictions then um, and we'll round off the podcast um, I think we all I think we all went 6-11 and 11. Yeah. however we have obviously predicted different games to win and lose so let's have a quick re- recap um, the first game Broncos, me and Pez both said we would lose against the Broncos who said we would win, Josh and did we win, yes of course we did um, yeah well done well done, Josh. Fair play to you. I don't know. How, I don't know how you called that. I don't know why you called that. But there you. There we go. Uh, at this point, I think we all still thought Drew Locke was probably going to be the quarterback. Um, so that adds even more weight to that prediction. That was that was meant to be Drew Locke, Seahawks quarterback in that win over the Broncos. So fair play to you. Um, then it was the 49ers in week two. Um, I said we would lose. Pez and Josh interestingly said that we would beat the 49ers. Um, obviously, I was right. Um, we didn't. Um, week so what's, three. Is, that, is that Pez, Pez 0-2 right now? Oh, that's Pez 0-2. Yeah. yeah. Come, at Come at me giving it a little big talk. <laughs> <laughs> of course, week three. Um, didn't get much better either. The Atlanta Falcons. I said we'd beat the Falcons. Pez said we'd beat the Falcons. And Josh said we'd beat the Falcons. That was a three. That was a three-way split um a three-way not split what what word am i going to shit is what it was three-way shit yes so i was always three to start the year and you two were one and two yes um 
because obviously we did not beat the Falcons. I said about that one, the better. Then week four was the Lions. Um, I said we'd lose. Pez and Josh said we would win. So obviously you were correct. Um, I was incorrect if you're keeping score here, Pez. Um, yeah, I, I, I stand by that. I, I didn't think we would beat the Lions at all. I thought they would uh, they would batter us, to be honest. But yeah, well, well called, both of you. Um, then it was the Saints. The Saints in... Uh, in what what week are we in now? Dearing me, uh, week five. Um, yeah, I said we'd lose to the Saints. Per said we'd lose to the Saints, and Josh said we'd lose to the Saints, and of course we did. So well predicted, everyone. Uh, we got that one right. Um, then it was the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> then it was on the Arizona Cardinals in week six. Um, this is the game that we beat the Cardinals in. Obviously, we swept the Cardinals this year. Um, however, all of us said we'd lose that game. So none of us got that one right. Um, so bit of a mixed bag here early on. But uh, then comes the charges. And I don't think I need to say what we all thought would happen there. Um, that was a unanimous decision that we would lose that game against the charges in week seven. And of course, what did the Seahawks go and do? They went and beat them. So we were completely wrong with that one. Um, then it was the Giants in week eight. I said we'd beat the Giants, Pez said we'd beat the Giants, and Josh said we'd beat the Giants. So we got that one correct as well, so well done. Um, then it was the Cardinals again, the chance to sweep the Cardinals, and we rightfully did. Um, however, I said we'd lose to the Cardinals, uh, Pez said we'd lose to the Cardinals, and Josh said we'd lose to the Cardinals. So we got that one completely wrong again. We, For some reason... I think we thought the Cardinals were going to be amazing this year. Um, and, and that we all had that impression that they were going to be a decent team this year. Yeah. And they proved us wrong. Complete dumpster fire, but there it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it was the Buccaneers in Munich. Um, interesting set of predictions here. We all, well, actually, no, me and Pez said we'd beat the Buccaneers. Josh said we'd lose. Um, so well done, Josh. You got that one right. Um, we should have I beat think- the Buccaneers, Gino fucking Smith. Yeah, we should have. And I do recall after listening back to that episode that we all said, and you said, Pez, specifically that you felt this was going to be a red herring year for the Buccaneers and that they weren't going to be as good as what everyone thought they were going to be. So well called as well on that. They weren't very good this year, the Bucs. Um, then it was the Raiders. Yeah, we got that one wrong too. Uh, we all said we'd lose. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, we got that one right. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. We all got that one race. We all said we'd lose to the Raiders. Um, and we did lose to the Raiders. So actually, well done. That's my that's my fault. I've read that one wrong. Um, then it was the Rams. We all said we would lose to the Rams. Uh, and of course, we didn't. We beat the Rams. Um, so we got that one wrong. Um, oh, well. Then it was the Panthers. I said we'd beat the Panthers. And uh, Pez said we'd lose. And Josh said we'd lose. And, of course, we did lose. So I was wrong, as I always am, on these predictions. Um, and then it was the 49ers again. And, uh, and again, for whatever reason, I think we were all very confident. Well, again, me and, me and Pez were very confident. Uh, we said we'd beat the 49ers, and Josh said we'd lose. And, of course, we did. So well done, Josh. Um, then it was the Chiefs. I think we got this one right. I don't think any of us were stupid enough to say that we'd beat the Chiefs on Christmas Eve in Arrowhead. And we weren't. We all said we'd lose that game pretty unanimously. And of course we did. Um, And then it was the Jets in the penultimate game. And uh, I said we'd lose to the Jets. Uh, Pez said we'd lose to the Jets. 
and Josh said we'd beat the Jets. And of course, we did beat the Jets. Um, so I think Josh is doing pretty well on these predictions. Um, I don't think me and Pez are doing particularly well. Um, and then it was the Rams' final game of the year, the flipping first one I've got right in about seven. Um, I said we'd beat the Rams, and you two fellas said we would lose to the Rams. And of course, we did beat the Rams, just about anyway, Baker Mayfield Rams. Um, so all in all, a pretty mixed bag. I think Josh probably did the best out of all of us there on those regular season predictions. However, we all did come to the assumption that we would end with a regular season record of 6-11. and 11. And of course, we were way off. Um, so to be fair, I don't think... I think we were being generous at the time, saying six wins. Because what was my uh, what was my my finishing prediction? What, what did I get? So that pretty much rounds off this podcast. Um, next week we're going to be doing a little award night where we have a little bit of fun, hand out some uh, some serious awards to our to our Seahawks this year, and then I've obviously some jovial ones, some fun ones that I'm sure we'll come up and think of, and uh, we may well go. We may as well the rest of the Seahawks team as well that night, um, the, the, the guys that we haven't spoken about this this uh, this episode, the guys that were here already on the team that, that, that didn't come into the team this year, the mainstay guys will grade them, the likes of DK Metcalf, Lockett, Gino, all those guys will give them our grades and, uh, and then we'll get to the awards ceremony and then the week after that we are planning to do a what we are calling a big fat quiz of the year Seahawks style. If you live in the UK, I'm not sure if they have one in the US, but if you live in the UK um, every year um, around New Year's time there's a big fat quiz of the year normally hosted by uh, Jimmy Carr I think it is and it's just a bit of a fun laugh where they go over the, the events of, of that year and uh, and give some silly answers, some serious answers and just have some a bit of a laugh going back over and, and trying to pick our brains and our knowledge from from the uh, the games past of the, of, uh, of last year. Um, so we're going to have some fun with that. Maybe try and get some guests on to join our teams and maybe some listeners as well if you're interested. Um, I was going to say, can can we just put a thing out there? We are recruiting for teams. If you want to be team yes, uh, team Jimbo, team team Pez or team Josh, feel free hit us up on socials and uh, and let us know because we're uh, we're looking for more knowledgeable people than ourselves. Um, to help, I'll freely admit I'm I'm very much opinion based. Once I've read facts, and I don't retain the facts. No, <laughs> Pez is all there for the stats. So long as someone asks me who led the the Seahawks in interceptions, I now certainly fucking know it wasn't Jamal Adams, <laughs> and I definitely know it was Tariq Woolen. So I'll get one right if that's one of the questions. Uh, and beyond that, it's always to interpretation. I'll probably get none of the. Don't right, but, uh... ask about interception leader. You're not the quiz master. I'm going to send that to whoever is. Yeah, well, the, oh, the scheming's already started to to nobble me out of a free free t-shirt. Um, yes. Anyway. Oh, so they, oh, yeah. Just, just, just to put it out there as well, so everyone remembers, we do have a line of merch which goes through Merry Men. I mentioned them before, um, but you can check out all of our merches on all of our social media. The winner. The winning guest listener who is on one of our teams will get their choice of one of our T-shirts and we will provide it for you and send it straight to you. Yes, you will. So there's a little bit more incentive to come and join the madness and have a bit of fun with us. Um, but yeah, man, thanks as always for all all of you that tuned in with us tonight. Uh, we've really enjoyed it, getting back into the swing of things. Obviously going to have a bit more fun over the next few weeks as we keep our, our look back on 2022 going. And then we are about, we're just coming into the 
Just coming into the sites now, we're changing gears, switching focus as we get ready to enter draft season and free agency and trades and all that good stuff, where we're going to have even more fun and even more madness and uh, and, and more hot takes and all that kind of stuff. It's all coming uh, down the pipeline very soon, so stay tuned with us. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. We've got a Discord as well, so you can you feel free to join that. That's going to be buzzing around draft time and, and in a free agency. That's going to be a, a lot of fun getting everyone's opinions on there and come hang out, come and hang out with us on there. Um, but for now, as always, stay tuned. We'll be back next week uh, as we start getting back into the swing of things now with our content. And uh, yeah, man, as always, thank you all for listening. Thank you to you two lovely gentlemen. Um, thanks for all the insults tonight. Um, thanks for all the laughs at my hot, hot takes <laughs> and uh, my grading system and my and my certificate in PE that I hold proudly on my bedroom wall. Um, thanks for it, it was a D, me. just so everyone knows. D, he couldn't yeah, collect the he couldn't collect the kick properly from the locker room at the end of footy. You are so off this podcast, please. you are so off this podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thanks all for listening, man, and, uh, and stay tuned and go Hawks, man. Go, go Hawks. Hawks.